Hi there. This is Judith O'Day from George Romero's original Night of the Living Dead. And you're listening to Then Is Now Podcast. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. What kind of a sick school is this? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty then. How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello to my little friend! I love to celebrate from in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I got a crap on deck that can choke a donkey. Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A dynamite! Up your nose with you never home. What? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! Groovy. You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets' heads are falling off! Go to the coast and get together. Have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? <laughs> I'm coming to join you, honey. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Then Is Now Podcast. I am your host, Rigor, and sadly, my co-host, Chris, could not be here for this monumental recording. It's time to wind up the Dr. Fibes Clockwork Wizards again. On July 5th, 1972, Dr. Fibes Rises Again, the sequel to the film The Abominable Dr. Fibes, was released in the U.S., it was not only directed once again by Robert Fuest, but the incomparable Vincent Price reprises his role as the sinister anti-hero Dr. Anton Fibes. Joining me for this 50th and 100th celebration are Damon and William Goldstein, who are no strangers to the show. William, of course, wrote the first Fibes film, and they're currently getting a third film off the ground. William has also novelized both films and written several Fibes novels, some of which are sequels and some of which are prequels to the first film. 
We're going to talk about their Dr. Fibes Facebook pages to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Dr. Fibes Rises Again. I will warn you that there are spoilers here for Dr. Fibes Rises Again, so if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that you do so before listening to this episode. So sit back and enjoy a fun conversation about all things Fibes. Class is in session. I have a bad feeling about this. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Hey, you in my class? I am today. I think you should consider transferring to shock class. Woo -woo! Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shock class. Bueller. When you were in school. Bueller. Did you ever cut class? Bueller. Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes. Good, sign this. Um, he's sick. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance oh, bell ring and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, so. You lack discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're gonna have recess all the time. Woo! Go, play and have fun now! Well, folks, as I said at the top of the show, joining me once again today are Damon and William Goldstein. Glad to have you guys here again. Good. Thank you, Roger. Rigor. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm going to play the trailer for Dr. Fives Rises Again here. Um, for those of you who listen to the show only on YouTube, you may not hear it because of copyright issues. I, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case, but I just wanted to let the listeners know about that just in case they're like, well, wait, where's the trailer? <laughs> He lives. From the depths of this unholy tomb, the Avenger rises. The abominable Dr. Fives, the most deadly mastermind of all crime. Specialist in the fine art of bizarre murder, each more different, each more devilish than the last. The Scorpions embrace. You bloody man! The Eagles caress. The sausage machine. The one hand persuader. Touche, Dr. Fibes. And as another victim falls, the world awaits your next blow of vengeance. Only one man, only one menace, only one diabolical mind could create such chilling terror. That's not a common thief, sir. Then Inspector, we are faced with an impossible task. Well, there's no force in all the world could win a fight against such a supreme opponent. Run. But you can't escape him. Hide, but he'll find you. Scream, but no one will hear you. Three years after the events of the previous film, Dr. Anton Fibes emerges from suspended animation when the moon enters into an alignment with the planets, which last occurred 
2,000 years ago. Fibes prepares to take Victoria's body to the River of Life in Egypt, which promises eternal life for him and Victoria. However, his ancient papyrus map to the river has been stolen by Darius Biederbeck, a man who has lived for centuries through the regular use of a special elixir. After translating the papyrus, Biederbeck seeks the River of Life for himself and his lover Diana. Fibes and his silent assistant Volnavia, who is seemingly returned from the dead, enter Biederbeck's house, kill his manservant, and reclaim the papyrus. They leave for Southampton, England, to take a ship to Egypt. Biederbeck travels on the same ship with Diana and his assistant Ambrose. When Ambrose discovers Victoria's body stored in the hold, Fibes kills him. His body is stuffed in a giant bottle and thrown overboard. Inspector Trout discovers the corpse when the bottle washes ashore near Southampton. He and Superintendent Waverly question shipping agent Lombardo. Upon hearing the descriptions of Volnavia, an organ, and a clockwork band all being loaded aboard, they realize that Dr. Fibes is responsible. Trout and Waverly pursue Fibes to Egypt, catching up to Biederbeck's archaeological party near the mountain housing the hidden temple. Fibes, having set up residence inside the temple, hides Victoria's body in a secret compartment of an empty sarcophagus. He also finds the silver key that opens the gates to the River of Life. Fibes kills each of Biederbeck's men using methods inspired by Egyptian mythology. Biederbeck's team breaks into the temple and takes the sarcophagus and the key. Fibes uses a giant fan to simulate a windstorm and a giant screw press to crush the man guarding the sarcophagus. The sarcophagus is ultimately retrieved. Biederbeck's unmoved by the murders and insists on continuing. He sends Diana and Hackett, the last remaining team member, back to England. Hackett is lured from his truck by Fibes' clockwork men impersonating British troops. When he returns to the truck, Diana is gone, and he is sandblasted to death. His truck crashes into Biederbeck's tent. Realizing that Fibes must have taken Diana, Biederbeck confronts him. Fibes demands the key in exchange for Diana's life, claiming that when the gate is opened, the water will drain out of Diana's trap and flow through the gate. Unable to free her from Fibes' water trap, Biederbeck surrenders the key. Fibes unlocks the gate to the River of Life, boats Victoria's coffin through it, and summons Volnavia to join them on the other side. Biederbeck returns to the gate as it closes, pleading through the bars for Fibes to take him along. Fibes ignores him. Diana attempts to comfort Biederbeck, but he rapidly ages and dies. Huh. So that was a, a, an, an interesting sequel. Um, I have to say, I actually, uh, last week, what was really cool was I happened to catch it on Svenguli. Um He right. played Dr. Fibes Rises again, so I had a chance to watch it again and refresh myself. Well, he had done, he had done uh, I think it was back-to-back -back weekends, Rigor, of both the original, the Dr. Fibes, the Bonwell Dr. Fibes, and then followed it up with the sequel, yes. Dr. Fibes Rises Again, for a, a double weekend, uh, double feature type of thing. And I caught those as well. I certainly I certainly gave him a shout out and and gave all our fans the the heads up for it. And we got a lot of uh, happy fans and, and thankful uh, for for uh, sending out that link. So, yes, in fact, I enjoyed it, too. Nice, nice. And it was funny because um, in his in his monologues about the show, uh, I'm sorry, about the film, he was saying that he didn't understand why Volnavia was back to life again. 
Um, William, can you tell us about that? Because listeners of the show should know now what her story is. Well, uh, let's go back to the basic uh, premise about the fossil water under the pyramid. That's that's called the quaternary aquifer. That water is 3,000 years old and it has not touched air in that length of time. So it's supposed to contain unusual and some say life-giving properties. It's been the source of inspiration and study and a lot of skullduggery uh, ever since uh, the exploration of Egypt uh, began in the 18th and 19th century. Napoleon and his forces uh, made a big push. Um, The question then becomes, what is in it? What is in the water? Well, we're still analyzing it. Uh, One other uh, fact as, as far as Fives and Victoria are concerned, we see at the end of the film, they're in this sarcophagus for two, and the right. question is: the question is, how does he survive? Because we see him uh, in later stories in the books. How does he survive? And there's a real process. It's called non, or rather peripheral, peripheral nutrition. When we see him insert something into his vein, that's the nutrient that carries him 80 years forward into the current story. So those are details that any film buff or any any fan or any watcher who's got any uh, questions hanging around, people pick that up. And we've heard a lot from our fans about those two items. And in the subsequent books, I've attempted to answer them. In fact, I'm now working on book seven and then that question is has come up nice so that, that, uh, no, no spoilers now but that's as much as i, I would <laughs> now. but my question was about volnavia not victoria she was his assistant in the first film and got melted by acid at the end of the film and um are, are you at liberty to tell us how she survived into the second film uh yes uh, she has an entire book devoted to her called Volnavia's Secret. Right. And I'll t- tell you the opening scene, which uh, scares anyone who reads it. Five, <laughs> she has been uh, sent to St. Daffodil's Hospital for the Criminally Insane, where she is being kept uh, uh, under, uh, under police guard. Um, she's horribly scarred and uh, is just hanging on. One dusk, we see a black trike crossing the moors. Fives is on the trike, and he is headed for St. Daffodils. He enters the building and rescues Paul Navia. 
they ride off. This is typical Western <laughs> gallantry. They ride off, scars flying uh, back to, headed back to London. And as they're riding, he takes off his mask and she removes her mask. And we see both of their disfigured modeled faces. And as, and he's speaking to her, he's telling her how glad that she's back again and he's gonna take care of things. They pass a milkman on his uh, cart, two horses, and the milkman sees this horrific image of these two ghastly faces and screams <laughs> and screams. Uh, fast forward to back at Mald the Five Maldine Square Mansion, where essentially Fives rebuilds Valnavia into her original beauty. And one brief note about how he does that, because he's now for perfected his technique of using the Charles Babbage difference engine. We can talk about that later. That's a real machine that does computations. Um, the original computer, actually, Babbage was a, a, an English a savant who worked in the mid 19th century. He uses that and he uses stem cell uh, techniques and surgical techniques that he learned when he was in the hospital at the Klingenstein Clinic in the Alps uh, after his wreck. So he puts all these three together and he uses what he learned from them to restore Volnavia to her great beauty and to build the Wizards and Sophie, all from what he learned going, going along. Now, why does he do that? This is the final thing. He does that because he needs his entourage to accompany him on his forever mission, namely to revivify Victoria, Regina, right. to relive the six-month whirlwind courtship that they spread across the society mags of Europe. They were seen everywhere at the Creole and the, the, the great night spots. There he was, a, a middle-aged civil servant and this young American beauty dancing the night away. And that is Five's dream. And that's how it's going to carry him to finally recapture Victoria. Stay so stay tuned. <laughs> So correct me if I'm wrong, William, but uh, you came up with the concept for Fibes through a series of dreams that you had, and you wrote the script for the first movie. Um, however, you did not write the script for the sequel. Can you? Are you at liberty to tell us about that? What happened? Yeah, we, we were working with uh, Bob Lees, who was the story editor at AIP at the time, and we were commissioned, Jim Whiten and I. I was working in uh, San Diego at the time. So I flew up or drove drove up uh, and Jim and I would work and then we would meet with, with uh, Bob and go over the developing script and everything was Jake between us. Uh, we have a finished script, it's called Fives Resurrectus, which now is owned by Amazon. But uh, the studio 
chose to go with the one that Bob Lees and Bob Foos were working on, unbeknownst to us. So no hard feelings. What's done is done. And you've seen the result. Uh, they had they were talking at the time of five uh, sequels, five. But uh, Jim Nicholson left the studio. He was the uh, inventive force there. Sam was more of the businessman, a very savvy guy. Right, at AIP. Yeah, AIP. Uh, but Jim left to go off on his own and unfortunately died soon after. So with all of that, uh, instead of five, one was done. So it was a question of one and done. Right. <laughs> which, which now Damon and I, we have a third film script called Forever Five. C and I have very meticulously developed that story. Uh, and we are now in the process of showing it to people. Excellent, is... excellent. And can you tell us a little bit more about how the plans are coming for the third film? I'll leave that up to David. <laughs> I'll segue real quick, uh, uh, Rigor, uh, uh, from Hobbs Rises again, and just add one little note there that, you know, like you, you caught, the, the, the viewers caught, uh, a screening of that on Sven Gulli and there was, I saw a lot of feedback and some was, was, was positive. They liked, and some even preferred the second one over the first, which I, I thought was a little surprising hmm. uh, simply for the fact that, you know, the story we just heard my dad mentioned where AIP essentially took, took their own option and had, and had their own, in-house uh, script and 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 subsequently that's the film they 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 made right uh and it lacked and 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 it lacked uh the the original components of what i think is is totally unique is this death geometry where where the deaths of the first one were totally based in this whole method and pre preconceived pre uh planned uh method that was based on the the religious uh, 10 10 plagues of of egypt from the gatak so there was a whole religious overlay and and that interpretation uh through the murders each murder was what I think made that film totally unique on top of all the other components, Volnavia, who, who, where I'll make the segue. So she, she dies at, at the end of the first one with the acid bath, as right. you mentioned. And then she's, she's remade in fives resurrectus. And we actually see that story in the book dr five's volnavia secret right but we but he's able to remake her because he made her in the first place he made her and he made the wizards right and and fast forward 
now with with uh, the Androbots, he's made the lead singer of the Wizards that become the Androbots, Sophie. So right. these, as my dad says, this is this is why he he fixes and and rebuilds Volnavia is that he needs them and it'll be a slightly a spoiler alert here but he needs them to help him on his forever mission he wants to bring his wife back to life and these these uh, I'll go so far as to say Sophie and Volnavia specifically will be the keys for him to realize bringing Victoria back to life. Right. Now, I have a question. And if we're into spoiler territory, let me know, and we don't have to go there. But um, I don't think I've asked this before because it just occurred to me. (laughs) If um, So let's say Fives is, is successful. He brings his wife, Victoria, back to life. What does he do about also retaining her soul, her consciousness? How does that work? Or are we not at liberty to talk about that at the moment? No, I mean, it's a good question. And it definitely has to go with the story arc. And there is some spoiler alert there. But let's let's uh, let's just stick to the surface. Um, yes, um, that's a story. That's not our. That's not this story. This story is his forever mission, and so it may take a little while. It may take another film, or two, uh, because we don't have uh, the full answer on that, and we tease it. Okay. Quite frankly, so uh, that's as far as I'm going to take the spoiler alert. But it's a techno. It's a it's a technology thing. It's a it's more science fiction. Uh, area and and genre at that point even the androbots are more science fiction than than horror you know just uh, out and out horror which the first two books and the subsequent screenplays have been they've been a horror love story right they've been they've been they've been a horror story with you know based on a tra- tragic love story and and the uniqueness of how Fives is is going about what he initially feels, which is this huge revenge and need to 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 lash out and and you know retribution. It's retribution. Right. So so for his wife. So that so so then the story arc changes because. In resurrect this, it's it's now about, like you say, getting getting to the bringing her back to life, bringing Victoria back to life. So it's an evolution from there, and so people come in his get in his way, get get uh, between him and his and his mission, and that's why they will suffer, and thereby. And this is no. This isn't giving anything away. <clears throat> this is this is this is good story writing. <clears throat> it is it is how they get in his way that Fives comes up with 
how to deal with them because because nothing is going to keep him from bringing his wife back to life right so the third film theoretically resurrectus will take place in the same time period which is what the late 20s 1930 early 1930s let let, let me jump in here Uh, yeah yeah it moves forward in time go ahead go ahead let me jump in resurrectus is the second story the second script it's already written we don't own it it was commissioned and sold and today owns is owned by amazon which is a successor corporation and i have developed the new script third script third script called forever fives okay and that um pits uh dr fives against a worthy adversary who takes off with his beloved and with Sophie. And they pay the price. He exerts his retribution, which is in the form of a second death geometry. And that's as much as I will say about it. But Roger, you you raised a very uh, intriguing question. And I have to confess that I haven't I know it's there, but I haven't spent a hell of a lot of time thinking about it. Namely, what happens when Victoria comes back to life? Right. And what happens to her soul? That is a hell of a... Don't go too too far there. Don't go too far there now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I'm going because I, I, I really haven't I really haven't thought about that. Uh, well, I have. I have. And I've I've shared a little of it with you. And we're going to that's where we're definitely going to keep in that spoiler alert area. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll, I'll let it stand. But let's let's give let's give a big shout out to Mr. Frolian for raising raising the question. Um on the air do you want to talk a little bit about uh my school now and the and the uh, screenwriting award uh well hold on we'll get to that in a bit because i still have a couple more questions about this okay. um, um so william you wrote the you obviously wrote the novelization to the first film but you also wrote a novelization of the second film is that correct that, that's true that's and that's true. part of all the novels that you've written there there were five uh, there's there's now a sixth finished manuscript and i'm working on number seven okay awesome and i i will put the link in the show notes i highly recommend people seek out these books and buy them and read them they're so good i was engaged from beginning to end um but i wanted to touch upon you had mentioned the charles babbage machine earlier and i wanted to, to pick your brain about that a little bit Quite a guy, yeah, quite a guy. He was active eighteen uh, forties to eighteen seventies. Uh, the original uh, difference engine weighed three tons. He got a uh, pretty hefty grant from Parliament to build it. He didn't finish it uh, because there were flaws in the design. Uh, he corrected the flaws and 
didn't finish the work. He died before, but uh, his work was carried on by his son and by some other assistants. Uh, the machine itself then was housed in the British Science Museum. And when it finally worked, it was able to produce accurate mathematical tables to 50 decimal places. Wow. 50 decimal places. Uh, a, a new engine was built in the 1990s also works surprisingly accurate. And let's go back again to, to Fives because Fives copies, remember he lived in London and he copied the difference engine, which was housed at the British Science Museum and used that to make Volnavia. Okay. Wizards and Sophie use that machine. So that's going to play uh, a substantial role. In fact, I was working on it today, but, but the difference engine and stem cell techniques are going to play a substantial role in this current story. Uh, you'll, you'll hear more about them. One other thing, I mentioned this earlier when we were chatting. Uh, remember, after his uh, car crash. Uh, he was picked up by some villagers brought to the local clinic. And in so, Germany, right? No, this is in Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland. Okay, I'm sorry. And he was brought right near up. the right near the Reichenbach Falls, which is where legendary Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty meet in their final. They're about uh, a story written by Conan Doyle. That's right. That's right. So the, the Klingenstein is across that narrow gorge. And one of the sounds that fives here is he's in a, he's in a room, room number four in that clinic. Sign on the door says, Bekanta, which means unknown. He's on because he's so badly damaged. But what he, uh, he can't speak anymore, but he still has his hearing. And one of the things he does here and memorizes it is the clinking of the surgical instruments in the surgical pavilion, which is one floor removed from his room. So right. he picks up that technique, the difference engine and stem cell treatment and uses all those to build his entourage. That's amazing. That's so amazing. Quite a, quite a, quite a, quite well, they don't call him a genius for nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that, but that, uh, the, there's one line I think that sums it all up. Love reaches beyond the veil. I mean, that's why the Taj Mahal was built. And that's, that's what happens when love ends too abruptly. With fives, that's his motto. Love reaches beyond the veil. And that's what he plans, wants to do, and devotes all his energy to doing bringing his wife back. Right, right. So can you guys tell us about um, what you've got planned for the uh, celebration of the 50th anniversary of Dr. Fives Rises Again? I'll leave that to Damon. Well, the, main, the, the main celebration for us is, is getting the shout out that it is now, in fact, his 50th anniversary. 
for the second film as well. So it's, it's a back-to-back celebration. Uh, and it's just inviting people to, to essentially share their, their, uh, their favorite scene from the movies, their maybe possible me- memories from, from early, uh, you know, from early on when they, when they first saw it, uh, we find any of those, any of those, uh, the fan moments, if you will, their, their personal moments with the films, the, the, the most enjoyable because a lot, it's, it's so, it's so interesting that so many people have some kind of memory and it's, he's instantly recognized, uh, you know, both within his genre and, and outside of it, he's pretty much a, a global character. I believe he's known globally. Right. Uh, Columbia, my, my school, had a film festival on campus. Um, uh, it, it, it ended this week, and the one in L.A. begins the first week in June, and both films are screened uh, uh, at, at the festival. So they have several events planned, and uh, Fibes, the, uh, the teacher, I'm working with two of the people. Jack Lechner is a professor of script writing, and he has screened the films for his. He's got 72 students in his class. And uh, Roberta Albert, who's the assistant dean of the arts college, She's been very heavily involved in the planning of the events surrounding Dr. Fives, and she helped uh, work through the annual award that we have planned, the first one to be uh, awarded next year and every year subsequently for the script by a Columbia student in the Fivesian manner. Uh, yeah, excellent. That's excellent. Be- that, you know, that's the announcement we were leading up to here on this show. Um, can you tell us a little bit more, more, a little bit more about what uh, what it's all about? Well, it's 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 all about ten thousand dollars. <laughs> that's what it about. It's it's about. Uh, but that's the award that the script, and there may be a second and a third prize winner, in which case the award will be divided. Um, but that that prize will be given to the best screenplay in the Fibesian manner, a horror script, obviously, uh, by a Columbia student. Uh, the some of the faculty, including uh, Professor Lechner, are on the selection committee, and I'll be part of it, uh, or or Damon in my absence but they're gonna do that every year, as long as it's funded. We expect it to be funded for quite a while. And again, it will, it's there to stimulate, uh, let's pull back a minute. Horror, as you know, has a, uh, a limited audience, but they're very dedicated. People, yes. who like, people like horror, they have one thing in common, they like to be scared and they like to scare other people. <laughs> so if you understand that, um, you, 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 you're halfway to, to developing your own story. Now, we make, a, we make a point 
that these scripts are not to be five scripts. They're they're not to mention, and that's very important right. for, for our for our our business side. Very important, but they're to be the fives in the fivesian manner. So we would want the elements there, and uh, it should also be a love story. Uh, you you know you know what you know the concept of comic relief. Yes. What, when you were a little kid, you went to you went to the I don't know if you saw it more recently, but it scared the scared the life out of me. Yeah, <laughs> sitting there in the dark theater, and all of a sudden you nudge who's sitting with you, or you pinch yourself, and you say, "It's only a movie." Right. <laughs> but, but that's what scare is all about, and that will be the key uh, deciding factor in picking the prize-winning script from this process. Columbia has <laughs> been very welcome. Well, well said. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. That's awesome. And one of the things we've talked about on this show and my other show, the video series that we do now called Fright Lounge, is the fact that a lot of horror has to do with what scares people in that moment, in that time period when the film was made. But something like Dr. Fibes, uh, it sort of transcends time. It doesn't matter when you watch it. It's still terrifying, and the stuff that he does is terrifying. So well, I that, think that, that, was that the, works very well. That that and and you know, and that's part of why the second one, I guess, gets this this following. But you know, you you it puts the viewer. Both films put the viewer in the moment of those deaths yes uh and they were they were that's why they were so so utterly frightening i mean to have your the, the, to imagine be, your head being squeezed right. and crushed inside <laughs> this helmet mask beautiful but if, if you can't get you can't take it off you're trapped your head is trapped i i, I can't i mean you know, at least the at least the unicorn catapulted across the street uh, was was instantaneous, and that right. guy, you know, I mean, if he was feeling, if he felt any pain, it was over before he, you know, could even think about it. But that head crushing was was you know excruciating to say the least, and and so so too the 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 meat grinder death in in fives rises again so yep. there was some ingenuity that that the you know aip was able to bring from the first one right. but it, it was to me it, you know my opinion this is just my opinion and you know i'm i'm biased i'm gonna that you know let's just say that let's just say it right away because i am and but i i too favor the first one and and so the second one for me was a little shallow. Was was you didn't have the depth that that the, the abominable Doctor Fives had, and and that's why it didn't have the death a, a, a meaningful death geometry. They were just kind of random, gruesome, but but random the murders right and you know death scenes. So so that so and so that. That's why I think it's going to be really interesting for this competition at Columbia 
And, 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 you know, my dad mentioned the fans, you know, the genre is limited, but it's gotten so much bigger even within the last 10 years. Oh yeah. It's or five years. I've, I've seen the genre itself and you know, how many shows are on, on the, let's say Netflix, how many uh, movies were, were up until the pandemic that they, they were featuring, you know, all kinds of horror. They brought in, they brought, uh, you know, the vampires back, werewolves back. And yep. And even movies like Get Out sort of speak to people today and, and scares them. Right. That, that, no, just the trailer. I didn't. I didn't watch that movie because of the trailer. The trailer was scared the heck out of me. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. So at the very top of the show, I did a, a little preamble before you guys came on, and I mentioned that Fibes was an anti-hero. I, I called him a sinister anti-hero. Would you consider him that? Because personally, I don't see him as the villain of the piece in the same way that I don't see. Uh, Jigsaw as the villain of the Saw movies. He's more of an anti-hero. Uh, I, I, I'm going to play dumb, but actually I, I, I really don't know what that word means. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you can... Well, we talk about it a lot on my other show, The East Meets the West, when we talk about spaghetti westerns, and the anti-hero yeah. is sort of the, the character who's supposed to be the hero, but he's not necessarily good he just sort of lives in this gray area and he's a My, little bit more able to to be free with what he does in order to stop the real bad guys that this is this is how i understand i mean i'm i'm, I'm with my dad in the sense that i don't i mean i don't really know what the term means because here you voiced something different than i picture or i how i understand the term anti-hero is more like a Dr. Fu Manchu. So this guy comes in, but and he's a he's obviously he's he's a murderer and he's and he's he's seemingly on the surface has evil ways. He's 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 you know he's keeping himself alive. He's a little bit similar to Fibes in that regard, and he's got this elixir of life that he's that he's a serum that he's concocted uh, and or stolen. In fact. And that's what's keeping him alive with the with, but he's got a he's running out. He run he starts to run out. The story arc is that he starts to run out of this elixir. Right. Now Fives isn't taking any elixir, but he's looking for a similar, you know, fountain of youth, if you will, the waters, the aquifer waters. That's what he's looking for there. That they those properties were the properties to, to to give life to the dead right and so and so so again we have a, another similarity interestingly enough i mean i know my dad did not did not did not intend that and there was really there was really no no source material from uh, called from Sax Romer's character, Doctor Fu Manchu, but it's and so, but it's totally interesting to see the correlation and some other filmographic correlations between Doctor Fibes and Doctor Strange. But 
but I, I digress here. Um, Fives is Fives is is looking to uh, stay alive uh, long enough to resurrect his wife. And once that happens, there's going to be there's going to be you know this 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 event. Uh, and and yes. What is that's the big question? Where, where, if he brings her back to life, is she his beloved? Did he did he succeed in bringing back his beloved? We don't we don't know, and we we just don't know. And so that's the real spoiler alert in the whole Doctor Five saga and the whole story arc, right? And that's the thing, too. I mean, William, you've mentioned several times now and on previous shows, too, where this is a love story as well. It's it's about Fives' love for Victoria and his want and his need to bring her back to life. Now, if you were to just take the second film and break it down, Biederbeck is selfish because he just wants extended life for himself and perhaps his wife or girlfriend, Diana. But Fives' goal is not selfish in that he wants it for his wife. I mean, you could argue, yeah, it's selfish because he wants to bring his wife back to him, but he's trying to help another person and give her life again. Um, And real quick, I just want to, I looked up uh, really quickly what an anti-hero is. It's a central character in a story, movie, or drama who lacks conventional heroic attributes. Or it's also called a protagonist who is as flawed or more flawed than most characters and i think that fits fives perfectly he's not in my opinion he's not a villain yeah well that definition doesn't touch on the fact that the fans watching the movie or reading the book about this supposed anti-hero that they're rooting for otherwise would be a murderer someone who's killing people and they're going to those extreme lengths to maybe the benefit of someone else but that is where it gets put up and it becomes this altruistic and uh, uh, let's say let's say there's your there's your ultimate uh um theme right you're you're willing to you're willing to go to the depths of ultimate revenge committing murder to save and or resurrect your your wife your beloved yeah that it is a, a moment of extremes and but that's where the fi- fans love it and live their 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 most uh excitement because you're rooting for this guy to succeed you're rooting you're rooting for dr five to succeed you want him to somehow vanquish these doctors with the succeed in the revenge because they are the villains is he's not the he's he's a hero he's not an anti-hero that's where i don't think that the anti-hero applies to fives he's people are rooting for him by the by the by the by the third murder they're like they're like okay it's starting to come around let's leave that up to the fans they can make that decision Right. Uh, right. Well, that's why I'm rooting for him. I want I want him to succeed. I'm I'm <laughs> you know, it's pretty clear 
that these these doctors, whatever whatever list of them is uh, is to blame. Yeah. And 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 they were they were negligent. So we're you right pay now. the price. Failure, fail, failure costs a great deal. We're running out of time out of time right so your your um <clears throat> i'm sorry your award is called the annual william goldstein slash dr fibes award for screenwriting competition at columbia university school of the arts so that is for just for students at columbia correct all any any of the schools in columbia like any big university has several schools but you, you it's, it's open to any current student of any one of the columbia schools yes nice awesome awesome so um thank you guys so much for coming back on the show i know damon you've sent me a lot of links that i will post in the show notes uh we've got such uh of course i don't have them right in front of me right now but you've got a lot of facebook pages i don't know if you want to mention them um but we will definitely put them all in the show notes so i, I think people should not only visit them but uh, you know purchase the books Read about fives and the prequels and the sequels, and also get into the debate about whether or not Doctor Fives is an anti-hero, or I, if I he's love just it. a hero. I, I, I love that. I love that debate. That's gonna, That's a great debate because because you know we hear we hear we just heard three three definitions, and and all different. Every one of them is different. Right. And, and this and this is from you know we've got the we got the creator of the character we got we got the son me we got a huge fan Roger Rigor <laughs> and 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 that's not that's those are no small experience as far as you know knowing what what they're looking at and what what an anti or good horror film is you'll, and, you'll be up all over our pages Roger. <laughs> awesome. yeah yeah we're and i and i and i yeah i'm going to be plugging your page and this podcast whenever it's going to be up i don't know if we're we're not live are we no we're not live we've got a few episodes to go before this is our hundredth episode which i i think i told you damon when we first talked about doing it is just so awesome because it coincides with the 50th of dr fives rises again so it's just a couple of cool milestones to celebrate you know Time. Yeah, and 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 let me know, let me know a little bit ahead of time, and I'll, uh, like I said, I'm following, I'm following these potential other locations where there would be a a, a real Fuller celebration, if you will, the Peter Fuller. <laughs> again, no pun intended, <laughs> but uh, I think I invited you to the to last year's the the bottle yes. of dr five's 50th yes. and he had he had an event where we, we you know where he he in, had invited uh, carolyn monroe yep. victoria fives onto the show she's she's still alive and she's uh she's been a great uh, uh she's been a great component of 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 the these celebrations and i know she's she's oh, up for it again so I imagine that Peter has something planned. I just haven't heard exactly what yet. Right. It's not until July. So July 5th was the release date of the, of Dr. Fives Rises Again. Yes, in so 1972. That, that's right, 1972, exactly. And so 
and and that's the u.s release date so so the the you know the um uh local uh, as opposed to to overseas so the domestic right so the domestic release was 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 here in july 72 so uh, so we're, there's going to be a buildup, and so there might be there might be other events that we can we can uh, tell the fans about. So I'll, I'll let you know about those too, Roger. Awesome, awesome. We'll keep the fans posted. And you know, it was released in the UK in September of '72, so they, there's wiggle room to have, like you said, another celebration down the road. Which is probably why Peter did a little bit of a, uh, like you say, a, a time lapse between between our uh, celebration and his uh, event there in in uh, the UK. Right, right. Well, William and Damon, thank you so much for coming back on the show. We had an awesome, lively conversation, and we are definitely going to talk more in the future about all things vibes. Look, looking forward. Love it. Looking forward. Stay safe. Awesome. You guys too. Thank you. Yeah, Rigor, you stay safe. I'll try. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed listening to the fantastic stuff coming up with Dr. Fibes. Please check out William and Damon Goldstein's links regarding the 50th anniversary of Dr. Fibes Rises Again, which will be in the show notes. So if you don't already know, we've started up a new monthly live streaming show. Bill Van Rin from Groovy Doom and the Drive-In Asylum Double Feature and I have teamed up to host a streaming video show called Fright Lounge, in which we discuss all horror media. If you're unsure if you want to get into horror or you're a seasoned horror fan, this is the show for you. You can check out the details at our website, havenpodcasts.com, and the Fright Lounge link is on the right. Fright Lounge also has a Facebook page at facebook.com slash Fright Lounge, which will keep you up to date on all our broadcasting dates and times. We'll be live on Facebook and YouTube once a month. And I just wanted to remind you that Patreon, it's the place to go when you want to support artists. We've got some great stuff going on at our Patreon page, including our exclusive filmmaker series, where we talk to writers, directors, producers, basically anybody behind the scenes in film and television. So please be sure to check out the Patreon link on our website and help support your favorite pop culture show. It's only three bucks, which is the same price as a cup of coffee. And when you sign up, you'll be entered into a monthly contest to win Sean Kanan's book, Way of the Cobra. Now, for those of you who don't know, Sean was the villain Mike Barnes in Karate Kid 3, as well as AJ Quartermain on General Hospital, Deacon Sharp on The Bold and the Beautiful, and tons of other roles. It's a great deal, so check it out. And while you're on our site, please click on the Public link to get some fun merch. We've got our new class, well, it's not that new anymore, but we've got our classes in session design up, so grab them now because new designs are coming soon. We also want your feedback, so please email us at thenisnow42 at gmail.com. You can also join in the conversation at our Facebook Then Is Now podcast group. Then Is Now podcast is a proud member of the Dorkening Podcast Network, so please be sure to check out the other great shows there at the dorkeningpodcastnetwork.com. Also on our website at havenpodcasts.com is our sister show, The East Meets the West, in which we discuss Shaw Brothers films and spaghetti western movies. And Then Is Now is on YouTube, so please visit youtube.com slash user slash UncleDeath1 to get the latest videos as well as other fun videos. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and hit that little bell so you get the notifications when we put new stuff out. And also share it with your friends and get them to subscribe as well. 
And lastly, please, if you could go to wherever you download your podcast from and leave us a great review, uh, that will help other listeners to find us. It'll put bump us up in the algorithms, and um, when people are searching for something to listen to, they'll it'll bump us up the list. So please, uh, five-star reviews would be ideal, but any reviews you can give us would be great. You can find us on all the podcasting apps, especially the big three, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Class dismissed. Now podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media. shows like the one you just heard check out the dorkening podcast network at the dorkening.com